I'm Bianca Westwood and welcome to the Integral Chat. This podcast will bring you interviews with a number of athletes, managers and all the big names from the world of sport. We talk about the lives and careers of our guests and the issues that matter to Integral Sports Management, an agency founded by Ray Winston and Gary Pettit to nurture our sporting talent and safeguard the future for our clients as we strive to promote our core values of integrity, trust, honesty and respect. We're asking the right questions to help bring about positive change and give you some answers. My guest this week on the Integral Chat is Curtis Davis. Curtis Davis, welcome to the Integral Chat. Now, I was going to delve directly into your long and illustrious professional career but because of everything that's going on with the never-ending saga that is Derby County at the moment I feel like we've really got to start with that because it's a situation that you thought the season was a roller coaster but the postseason has been just as mad with you know Chris Kirshner's takeover bid falling through then obviously Wayne Rooney's made the decision to leave now we think we've got another takeover bid that's been accepted um, it's all just a, a bit of a madness. So what's the situation as you understand it now? Uh, well, you hit the nail on the head. It's obviously um, at Derby County, there's never a quiet day. It's um, always interesting for the for the media. Um, the latest I know and what I've been told is that the new owner or the um, prospective owner is in possession of the stadium which is one thing, obviously making things a lot easier. Um, he's put in his official bid and I've been told that it's due to be completed on Wednesday. I think that's what the statement was released as well. Um, but I feel more confident about this one simply because these people have kind of waited in the background, waited to see what kind of happened. Then they bought the stadium first before doing anything. And that was always a stumbling block. So I think that the fact, the fact they bought the stadium obviously makes things a lot easier and um, they are Derby people, they're Derby fans and and fingers crossed um, it all goes through. Um, But listen, I don't think they would have come out this late down the line having bought the stadium for it to fall through. So um, they'll they'll make it work and and touch with the the club can start signing players. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, this guy is a Derby fan. He's well known in the community as well. So it seems like it's legitimate and it's all going to you know, go well. But when you've been through the stuff that Derby's been through, everyone is kind of like, you know, I'll relax when it's done. When it's all done and dusted, I'll relax. Because you've had this situation where Chris Kirchner came in. And I mean, how frustrating was that? Because he talked the talk, didn't he? But when it came down to it, he didn't walk the walk. And it, it's kind of like wasted so much time, wasted a lot of people's energy and people have got their hopes up and stuff. How difficult... Is that to take when you keep getting kind of blow after blow and disappointment? I think the biggest disappointment with the Kirchner one is the fact that he was there in November and he originally put in a bid then that was turned down. And um, at that time, you know, the club thought they could probably get better. That was fine. And then it came back round to him. And then, you know, we thought the fact that they've come back to him and they've managed to sort of deal, this will be straightforward, get easy over the line. And then um, obviously it was dragging and then we were getting told that 
bank holidays were getting in the way of it and certain things. And then obviously the longer it went on, um, it, it just didn't seem right. And then obviously he did confirm that he was pulling out. But I think the biggest frustration from that is that it's probably cost us our manager going now. Um, his team were heavily involved in, in, in the takeover with Chris Kirchner. Um, and, you know, it would have been strong position for the gaffer to be in, in terms of his recruitment and the players he would have been able to get in and, and what he was being promised. And I just feel that because Kirchner had taken the manager that far down the line, I think the fact that it had fallen through, I think the manager was exhausted and just thought, can I be bothered to start again with a new owner and a new project potentially because you know if, if Kirchner was potentially promising him the world and then maybe a more reasonable chairman is saying well we'll, we'll have a go yes but we're going to cap it at this yeah. it might have been a bit more difficult so I think that's the the biggest disappointment is the fact that you know that the managers found it that he had to walk away um I guess to protect his reputation as much as anything to be honest um but it's for us to move on as a football club. I say us, I'm, I'm only contracted for another three days. Um, but it's it's something that, you know, the main thing is whatever's happened with Kirchner and the disruption that it's caused and things like that. We're still early enough now if this takeover can get sorted by tomorrow um, in order to actually, we're still early enough that we can sign players in terms of, sign the players that are still technically Derby players and also get players that are targets because if you start getting into July, then it becomes more difficult because people want to be in football clubs, obviously, before the season starts. Um, but the fact that we've got to the point now where this, this ownership group looks like it's going to come through, I think the club will be in a really strong position, particularly as a, as a League One prospect. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll come to your situation um, a little bit later on, but just quickly on, on Wayne Rooney, because, you know, it is a disappointment that he felt that he had to leave. And so with what you've just said, it probably isn't a surprise that, that he chose to go. But um, I mean, when you look at what he managed to do, I know he had a team around him. Obviously, he's, he's not just a manager on his own doing the job, but how impressed were you with the way he sort of handled this challenge? Because, you know, he's Wayne Rooney at the end of the day. He's an absolute legend of the game from what he's done and what he's achieved. And to come in and have to deal with some of the crap, quite frankly, mm -hmm. um, yep. that he did and to stick with it and to kind of galvanise the team along with his staff. Um, he really did kind of surprise me with what he was capable of, of doing. Um, what, what did you feel about the way he sort of handled his first job? I think um, when people say the, the surprise um, that he could handle all of that, I think the character of him, no. His character, you know, he's a, he's a winner. He's the type that I'll prove you wrong. So in terms of the, the kind of fight and the things we had to go against, I think he had it in his head. It was almost like a challenge to him. Like a, he kind of thrived off of the fact that we're fighting against you. We're going to prove you wrong. So that side of it, um, I'd say that, you know, I, I, it didn't surprise me. The thing that surprised me is he just didn't need it. Yeah. 
you know, he's a, he's a very wealthy man. He's um, obviously had a great playing career. He, in his first full season at a club, do you really want to be involved in a relegation season where, you know, you're losing players and you can't do certain things? But because he stuck around it, in the craziest way possible, he's actually enhanced his reputation in the relegation season. And not only enhanced his reputation as a manager because of the way we played, but in the fact that he brought through young players, uh, um, we also under an embargo, but also, you know, he was able to, to stick by us and he had a bit of, you know, character about him. And sometimes people don't see that in these superstar players. They just see him as, you know, you kick the ball in the net really hard, you score goals, that's, that's your job kind of thing. But now he's become a manager and he's had to go the other side of it where he's had to be a bit more, you know, cute with handling people around the training ground. Um, speaking to the young players and, and speaking to the older players like myself about intricate things that are going on with the takeover or with the administration, stuff like that. It's something that he never would have thought he had to deal with in his career, let alone in his first season. So um, what I will say is he's, he's done fantastically well with that. But I'm just hoping that, you know, he enjoys his break um, and enjoys it with his family. But I hope it's not too long before we see him back on the sideline because, you know, he's he, he was a good manager and um, I'm sure it'll be a great game for someone soon. He definitely won a lot of respect for for, for sticking it out because a, a lot of people in his position would have just walked away. And I think probably his next job's got to seem a hell of a lot easier than, than the one he's yeah. just had. Yeah, I think it's um it's it's twofold, isn't it? It's um the next job could be a lot easier in terms of a smoother path. But if he were to go to a top championship lower Premier League team, then there's pressure. And I'm not saying Wayne really can't handle pressure, but I'm saying there's pressure on the results, there's pressure on everything. Whereas this season, as much as we put pressure on ourselves, the manager put pressure on us, the outside world had us doomed from the beginning. So I think sometimes when the outside world has already had you doomed and, and you can just express yourself and, and do what we did, you know, we played some good football and unfortunately fell short in doing it. Did you but, feel like, oh, they they thought you were doomed, but you also had their support, didn't you? I think yeah. everyone kind of, <laughs> you were riding the crest of the wave and I, I I watched quite a few of your games and reported on them that season. Everyone in the in camp was sort of buzzing and even like sort of outside from the media, everyone, I think, apart from Forest fans probably, yeah. would have wanted Derby to succeed because it was a really kind of backs against the wall kind of you know, um, underdog story that almost, but not quite, made it. Yeah, I think that was it. I think it was the, the neutral fans. Um, we were kind of slowly becoming everyone's second team. Obviously, yeah. I think that had something to do with Wayne Rooney being the manager as well. But, you know, for everything that we'd been through, um, people seeing, again, the way we were playing, the way we were... Uh, not giving up the way that we fought every single thing. You know, we had all these young lads coming into the team. We had the old people like me in the team. Um, and it was just a collective of, you know, defiance. Yeah. And I think people you had, liked you had a that. Yeah. Like, you had a player like Ravel Morrison as well, who's had exactly. his issues, but also he really stepped up, didn't he, to the yeah. plate? And that's it. And and this is the character of um, of the gaffer that he knows 
Ravel, obviously from his time at Manchester United. Um, I knew Ravel, and he knew the group around Ravel would be able to help him. You know I mean, we know how good a player he is, and we also know his character. So the people we had around him, he knew that he could bring Ravel in, and Ravel could thrive. Uh, and obviously, he did really well for us, particularly at the end of the season when he, when he started scoring a few goals. Mm. Um, but I just feel, in general, you know, it's um, it, it's a it's a group that was put together so well from very limited resources, and I think, um, like I say, ev everyone wanted to support us um, simply because, again, it was a mismatch, almost like. Um, yeah, like you say, the underdogs, but I, I just think it's a shame we didn't do it, but we felt the support of everyone and um, ultimately football, you know, you have to get the results to to get it. And, and it, if it was on support, we would have stayed up. But um, unfortunately, football doesn't work that way and, and we'll have to work our way back from League One. Yeah. Do you think that that sort of wave of positivity will continue into the next season? Do you think you'll be able to, if, if you're still there, I'm assuming mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll talk as if you will be. Um, yeah. do, do you think it will sort of continue, have that momentum? I think it will, um, simply because I think fans will just be delighted to still have their football club. That's the God's honest truth. I think... Um, a lot of fans at the start, when first went into administration and you hear about, oh, there's been tens and twenties parties interested and then all of a sudden it's getting longer and longer and it's been whittled down and then all of a sudden one takeover breaks down and all that kind of stuff. I think fans would just be happy to, to have their, their club back. The other side of it is the fans will see a side that we can potentially have a really enjoyable promotion season. And it's not the, the level we wanted to be at, but at the same time, you know, if you can go and get promotion, it's, it's, it's massive. But with that, as much as there will be positivity, I think there almost needs to be that bit of honesty. You know, when, when I first signed for Derby, we were chasing playoffs in the championship. And if we were to lose a game at home or be drawing the game with a lesser team, we could get jeered off. And I think that needs to come back in. I know it sounds silly, <laughs> but it does need to come back in because the crazy thing is a lot of these young lads that, that have been in the team haven't experienced any negativity. Yeah. So they're going to think, oh, it's brilliant. Like you just play football and no one ever says anything. But actually, no, when you're chasing for the top and, you know, it's fine margins between finishing first, second or third, which means a playoff space. Um, and also other mine, teams are going to want to beat Derby yeah. a massive club in that division as well aren't they yeah I think um, the, the club itself is a, is a, obviously a, a, a massive club I think the fact that the gaffer's not here anymore takes the target off of our back a little bit more yeah. um, and the shine off of it I think um, maybe a lot of managers might have wanted to get one over on Wayne and stuff like that um, but for us it, it's just about Yes, we want the positivity, but we need that honesty to make sure that we're doing our jobs right. Because again, um, there's nothing wrong with losing a game 1-0 if you've worked your socks off and, and maybe their keepers are an absolute worldie and made 10 saves, of course. Um, but if you're not at it week in, week out, especially at League One level, and you expect the fans to clap you off, I think you need to have a reality check. And I think that's one thing we need to remember. 
Well, if you don't win the first three or four games, I think they'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, lots of teams talk about, you know, togetherness and team spirit and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like from the outside looking in, the players that you guys had around you, you actually really did have that togetherness and it was kind of like solid. Was it probably one of the tightest knit squads you've played in? I'd probably say so, yeah. And I think it was, um, it came from pre-season really because um, at pre-season last year, I think there were nine or 10 senior players signed at the time. So basically there was effectively about 10, 10 of us were technically trialists at the time because I wasn't signed last year either at the time. Mm. And um, from that, we, we were, um, went for a break at Penny Hill Park and because we were all together there, it was kind of all as a group were like, well, what's happening with you? What's happening with you? What's happening? Have you heard anything? Have you heard it? And it was kind of like that togetherness of, oh, well, if we sign as a group when we looked at the, the trialists that are around, I thought, well, this could be a really good, team to to have a go and then you have that side of it and then but then you've also got the young players so you've got the young players that I've been at the club for five years so I knew all the young players I've seen them grow up at the club but they've all got each other so the fact they've all got each other you know makes them even closer you know they've they've been fighting alongside one another since some of them under 12s so that made it a close-knit group and um, I just think obviously that, that was one thing. But then when all this negativity from, you know, the administration and the points deduction on the FFP stuff, mm. you know, you can only, it can only bring you closer together because you see that it's easy to take the negativity and down tools and be like, well, what's the point? We're going to get relegated. But when you've got the, the youngest player in the team, um, in a in a young lad like Darren Robinson who trained with us Northern Ireland international young lad to myself or, or a Jagielka and we're all pulling in the same direction we're all doing exactly the same things every day um, I think it just became easy to be honest and it, and it made it made this season like I say it, it made the season enjoyable you know mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're there at the bottom of the, of the table for whatever three quarters of the season but we're able to go into work every day and have an enjoyable working environment. And I think that was important because if you're always focusing on the doom and gloom of where you actually are in the table, it'd be easy to, 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 to log off of what we're trying to do as a group. But the fact that we kept positive in terms of we had a laugh, we still did things normally, we didn't try and set out and say, right, we're going to go with six up front in this game and try and you know, do silly things to try and get wins back. We tried to do it in a normal way, which we came close. I think we came to even five points of Reading at one point. Um, but I just think it, it was just, you know, the, the the group, the togetherness, it was just an amazing feeling and and something, yeah, that I've, I've probably never felt throughout my career. Yeah. And when you look at sort of Wayne Rooney as a, as a leader, um, when you don't know him at all, it's difficult to see where that comes from because he seems so quiet and softly spoken. He obviously has a different side to him, which we've all kind of known and seen on the football pitch. How does that sort of transpire in terms of his sort of management style? I'd say 
as a manager, he's actually a, a lot more calm. And, you know, we talk about his playing style, you know, playing style comes from, you know, that adrenaline of being on the pitch. So if someone does make a mistake, he'll let you know. And that's a good thing to know. Um, but the manager this year, to be honest, um, very calm. There were times when he obviously had to raise his voice, of course, but very calm, you know, um, never really lost it, was always measured. And I, I, that's a credit to him because, you know, there were some performances that I, I thought, you know what, we're going to serve a rocket at halftime here or, or at full time. And he was always thinking about the next game. And he realised, and that's where his man management came in, that he realised that he needed to address it, yes. But right now, when we're probably sore from the defeat, no, I'll leave it. Um, and then it will be through the week when we go through the clips and stuff like that, that we'll analyse it. And it'll be an actual analytical rant rather than an emotional rant. Yeah. So I think that's something that he probably had learned um, to control. Um, and and yeah, it was credit to him. But I think he realised that within our group, there are people that can take you know, a, a, a rollicking, and there's there's some that some that can't. And um, with a lot of young lads in the team, it maybe might make them feel uncomfortable. So I think by doing it in an analytical way, um, it's easy to show literally what you have or haven't done on the screen. Yeah. And then you know it's open for debate then. It's such a skill, I think, to not lose your call cool and to know when to say things and when not to and when to be dramatic and when not to. Um, it, I mean, with Liam Rosinia, who's now the interim, how kind of, because he seems like a very, another very quite cool customer. How different is it going to be? I think Shay Given was talking about him this morning, about how tactically he's very, very astute. Um, so that side of thing, I think, is, is going to be covered. Um, how do you think he'll be able to take the reins? Um, I think with Liam, I think he's been a massive, massive part of everything that we did last season. So in terms of um, most of the coaching was was done by Liam, you know, um, Wayne wouldn't be afraid, uh, ashamed to say that. Um, Liam, again, is... He's. I've. I, I played with Liam at, at Hull City, and since about thirty years old, he's been uh, a waiting, uh, a coach in in the waiting, basically, waiting. because he his attention to detail, he's meticulous, he studies everything. In the fact that I think now he's in charge, he'll probably study it even more. So if he's watched the video twice, he'll watch it three or four times now because he knows it's his head on the block as well um but he he is a meticulous person and and his coaching skill is very good obviously the difference between the two is Wayne Rooney is Wayne Rooney you know in terms of what he's done in his career and and everything like that and Liam's had a, a great career himself of course mm -hmm. um but it's it's a case of in terms of in-house he's got the respect of course but it's wanting the people media that are watching in to to buy into him yeah. because and new players I, yeah but because but I don't think I don't think new players will will have an issue I think if they know that Liam was a big part of the style of football that we played and they want to play that style I don't feel they'll have an issue mm. um an issue might be that he's only interim manager right so if you sign for a Liam and then potentially a new manager comes in and tweaks the style 
it might be a bit different. Um, but what I would say about Liam is, yes, he's he's been a manager in the waiting for a long time. And um, I think this is a great opportunity for him. I think, in my opinion, he would be the right one to go with because it's a little bit of continuity that this club needs. You know, we've gone through all the the difficult stuff off the pitch. I think from what we had last year in terms of the way we played, the playing style wasn't a problem. So the fact that we have lost a manager is, is difficult to take. Yes, we were able to maintain, you know, the likes of Liam and, and, and Justin Walker. Mm. Um, that would be massive in keeping our continuity for these young lads that have been in the team and are going to be bigger parts of the team next year in League One. And if we're able to do that, keep that continuity, then I think stepping into League One in the style that we already know would be a lot easier. Um, but like I say, fingers crossed, the takeover happens. Liam is able to have a say on players that he can bring in. Yeah. Um, and, and we can move forward as a football club because um, I think Liam deserves it. And um, I think the, the club deserves to have a good go at it as well. Definitely. I know that the Derby County fans want the continuity of having you back as well. Um, I've been reading on the forums today. Now, it's still up in the air, um, but it could be by the end of the week, it could all be sorted, couldn't it, Curtis? Because I know you want to stay, but I'm pretty sure you'll have had offers from elsewhere because not only were you player of the season, voted for by the fans, you played in every single minute of every championship game. So those legs are still working and obviously the brain's still ticking over. <laughs> Just about those legs. <laughs> no, it's, you know, um, there's no hiding place on a football pitch. So the fact no. that you managed to do that, um, you know, you're not an old man by any stretch of the imagination, but on a football pitch, you kind of get in that way. But um, how much would it mean to you if you managed to, to be able to stay and take Derby back into the next, uh, in, back into the championship? Oh, I'd be massive because I think, yeah, going back to the fact of playing every minute, I said, I came from the season before where I didn't know if I'd carry on playing football. You know, I ruptured my Achilles at 35 again. Um, so as a 36-year-old, I was out of contract, didn't know what I was going to do. Um, obviously came back to Derby to train and then just see how it went and obviously got re-signed and, and the rest of history played every single minute, of course. But um, that is the thing in, in today's game, you know, your age is a big thing. So as much as, you know, you have sniffs here and there, nothing has, has been that entertaining to me that would make me jump at it before having the chance to sign for Derby, basically. Um, you know, Derby is a club that is in my heart. Um, it's the club that I've spent the longest time at, the club that I've played the most games for. So um, to, to, to leave Derby would be very, very hard. Um, so it's one of those things. I just, I just, I want to play football. So, so long as this week, potentially, something could get sorted. Um, obviously, I'd, I'd be delighted to sign. And um, it, it's one of those things that I, I said when I won the Player of the Year that um, my first season as a pro, I won League One with Luton Town. And um, if this is to be my last season as a pro, I'm not, I'm not writing myself off by any means, <laughs> but if this were to be my last season as a pro, um, it would be great to, to win League One with Derby County as well and take them back to the Championship. 
Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, so being 35 then and rupturing your, your Achilles again, having that kind of injury, is that testament to your experience of having injuries before? Have you always had that kind of inner strength to think I'm going to come back from this? Or were there some real kind of serious doubts that you might have to end your career? I think the only thing that made me think I'd have to end my career was my age. That's it. Mm. It's, it's only my age. Um, I've, I've got tunnel vision. I know from a young age, um, when I had my first injury, which was my broken foot, um, I was told it was going to be this long and then I was given a gym program and all that. And I was just, okay, what do I need to do? Bang, 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 bang. Got it all done. Just did all the work I could to get myself fit as quick as possible. So that gave me the experience of that. And then any injuries I had along the way, I was always prepared. And um, the only, like I say, the only thing that I was worried is, you know, coming back at 36, am I going to be able to, to do it again? Am I going to be able to to have that not that I'm sharp anymore but have that you know that that sharpness or have that ability still to to compete at championship level um and it and it was a worry but you don't know until you get out there and that's why I gave it everything in the rehab I did all I could I did all the strength even when the season finished I then you know just stayed fit I stayed ticking over I made sure I was in the gym I made sure I was doing my running and and ultimately, when I came back for the season, I was in tip-top shape. I was ready to go. So um, it's it's one of those things that you can't really legislate for. Of course, mm. I've, I'm, I'm fortunate that those kind of mad injuries like an Achilles can happen to me. Um, but then I follow it up by, by playing every single minute of every game. So um, I'm, a, I'm a strong person. I'm, I'm a strong mind. And um, fingers crossed I can be strong this season as well. Have you always been like that? Because, I mean, you've had some great times in the game. You've had promotions, you played in the Premier League. Um, but it's all often the, the kind of the darkest hours that really shape us as human beings and, and give us that strength. When you look back, what, what do you think was the, the most difficult period of your career and how did you cope with those challenges? I'd say the most difficult um, was surrounding an injury, but it wasn't the injury that caused it is my time at Aston Villa um, when that came to an end or, or was coming to an end basically was um, I had basically the, the story goes that I dislocated my shoulder three times in, um, in a month and therefore I had to have um, surgery on my shoulder so my last league game for Aston Villa I, I played in um, at Anfield scored and we won 3-1 so my last ever league game for Aston Villa that was my last game. Um, the manager at the time, Martin O'Neill, was hugging me off the pitch and stuff like that. Um, and what happened after that was just just got pied off, just got thrown on the scrap heap. So I had three months out with my shoulder. Um, I was... Without a word, kind of, you're done. So, kind of so, one of them ones. Well, it was, it, was a, it was a strange one, really. Basically... I had three months out where your shoulder, the first few weeks, you have to look after it and make sure, you know, you're keeping it stable. But after that, I was fit. You know, I was able to do all the running and stuff like that. I just couldn't do any contact. But I realised that at the time we'd signed James Collins and Richard Dunn. So I, I looked at it and I thought, well, we've got James Collins, Richard Dunn, Carlos Cuello and Kieran Clark at the time. So I, 
I looked at it that I'm probably not going to get back in the team as a centre half. Um, why don't I go on loan? So I, I had Wigan and Celtic that I could have gone on loan to at the time. And, and I spoke to the manager, he didn't want me to go and told me that I'd be part of the plans. But that wasn't the case. And it was kind of just a way of just keeping me there and, and having me as a spare part, which mm-hmm. actually, you know, kind of not, not killed not killed my career, of course, I've had a good career. But I mean, in terms of at the time when I, at the start of that season, I was still getting into England 30-man squads and stuff like that. Right. And then to go from that to not playing at all when I'm fit um, was difficult. You know, I, 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 was, I was helpless. I was just literally going to games, waiting to, for the players literally to um, walk off the pitch that no one was injured and I'd go home because my mind had gone. I was also having uh, private problems in my personal life with my ex-partner and and that was affecting me as well. So the fact that I didn't have football as my release um, was was a massive thing. Um, so yeah, that, that was the most difficult thing, like I say, but stem how did you How did you deal with it then? Did you talk about it? Did you have, I, I know not many men go and have therapy and stuff like that, but how do you, were you just kind of like stiff up a lip? I'm carrying on. Yeah, I think that's that is how I was. And I think if you if it was the same me now, I would reach out for help. Cause I was say I was I probably I I not that I can diagnose myself, it's probably the one time I could say I, I probably was depressed. Um because like I say, I know people say that players that you're earning this money and that money so if you're not playing like what does it matter well I know that my my kid's gonna eat no problem yes but in terms of having a purpose having you know a a meaning to to what you're doing I wanted that and I wasn't getting that and then you know when you go home and the home life's not good as well you kind of can't avoid the negativity wherever you go yeah. So that that was very difficult. Um, but yeah, eventually uh, you have to come out of it. Um, I obviously still had friends and things like that that I didn't really speak to about it, but, um, you know, kind of rant to more than anything. Um, but probably never told them how deep it was. But I know now at this age uh, and knowing that it's not always right to try and be the tough man, as it were, Mm. um I think I would reach out for help yeah it's a lot more acceptable to do that now anyway as well isn't it you everyone's encouraged to to talk so I I hope that young players know now that it's good to sort of get all of that kind of stuff out there any any kind of problems that they might have and especially young players because a lot of the time they've got a lot at such a young age to kind of have to think about and it's such a competitive industry Um, and dealing with rejection is huge for anyone in any walk of life but when you're so young as well and you feel like you're on your own you're dealing with it on your own so this brings me to when you were I think 15 you're at Wimbledon and you that was probably your first sort of big rejection wasn't it um, is it true that you then wrote letters to various football clubs to to try and, and get trials? Because to me, looking at a 15-year-old lad doing that, I mean, that's something to really admire because a lot of kids wouldn't have the kind of nous 
to, to do that and one of them paid off and that's how you got into Luton right yeah um so I was always good at Sunday league district level played for my county played for Essex and stuff like that so um but I'd never really been scouted until I was 15 and then um Martin Heather from Wimbledon took me um took me there and they gave me I had a trial and they gave me a year contract um through that year contract I had growing pains in my hips for about four four months of it so therefore you know four months into a year's trial as such to get a scholar um it wasn't going to happen and and basically they had a lad that they brought down I can't remember his name to be honest but a lad they brought down from Newcastle um a centre half you know so it seemed like he was going to get a scholar so you know my head was I'm just going to stay for as long as possible get the best training I can be as fit as I can and then I'll do what I did and and because the reason I thought of it is because at school being in year 11 we'd just gone through um writing out our CVs right so I had the idea that this, this is this is obviously 20 years ago 21 years ago but when you know not every 16 year old had an agent back then yeah. um particularly at, at <laughs> at lower league level but um I just had the idea that I'll write a football CV out and I'll send it to 30 odd clubs in the southeast uh, I didn't want to be too far away from home I, sh I sh <laughs> really should have gone nationwide but I didn't want to be too far from home and um it's the best thing I ever did and I've always been of the, of the idea you don't ask you don't get and yeah. I was happy happy to get nothing back if that happened but at least I asked a question and from it I had Luton Town rang me the day after I sent the letters, Dean Rastrick rang me. Um, I had Colchester sent me a letter back inviting me for um, like a group trial um, and Southend came back to me. Mm -hmm. And I got a load of rejection letters from the likes of like Norwich and Tottenham and, and, and teams that tried to sign me. So it was, um, yeah, it was, it was a really... Um, simple thing that I, I, I as a kid just thought well you know I don't again I don't have um, an agent I don't have anyone that can do this for me so I'll write these letters I, obviously the internet was was quite quite good then as well so um, I got all the addresses and and sent them off just had to pay for a book of stamps and was good to go but um, okay. it's it's the best thing that ever happened to me because Luton Town you know the club that I went to was you know a, a club that also had its problems and that afforded me my my opportunity, same way as these young lads in the derby team now. And from that, I've I've built a career. You know, uh, yeah. a, a year after playing in the team, I got a, a move to the Premier League. So um, it kind of the rest is history, as such. Yeah, what a lesson that is. I mean, my little brother Billy, you played against him yeah. at, at school and district, and he said he was better than you. I said, <laughs> yeah, look where he is now, though, Bill. <laughs> Bill would say that though he thought he was better than everyone <laughs> yeah all that all that <laughs> and um not many well nobody will know this but my mum was the school secretary at your primary school Beaumont yeah. I was speaking to her this morning and she said that you were ever such a good boy you were never in trouble <laughs> and you were never outside the headmaster's um office so see, there you go good. yeah I was a good boy I, I, I always I was always good at school I enjoyed school you know, a lot of footballers get the, the reputation of not being very good at school in terms of being a bit thick or or being a bit naughty. So they just had football to fall back on kind of thing. I enjoyed school. It's the best time of your life. You know, you, yeah. you're with your best mates. You're, you're there every day. 
and I enjoyed learning you know some things I was good at some things I weren't but the ones I weren't good at I tried better at you know it's um it's like anything it's like in football if you've if you've got a strength you, you you're right with it if you've got a weakness you, you work on it and um that's what, that's and that's what the key though isn't it it's the hard work yeah because you know hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard and I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons for for any young player you can be talented but if you're not going to work for it you're probably not going to get there yeah and and I think that's that's a big thing that I can also touch on because from me getting to go to that Wimbledon trial, um, my mine Heather asked my PE teacher about me, um, and 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 asked if he's got anyone um, he could send. And I, my PE teacher only wanted to send me because I was the only one he could trust. So wow. although there were probably another maybe two or three other players that were on a similar level to me, like one of my best mates now, my best one of my best mates, James on a similar level to me at that age. But in terms of attitude, he knew he could send me and I'm gonna give 100%, I'm gonna be yes sir, no sir, free bags, full sir, because I want to get a contract. Whereas some of my other mates might have been, someone puts in a bad tackle on them having a fight. And then all of a sudden that's his reputation. Yeah. So that's another lesson that from being good <laughs> and well, I was, I was myself, but being good, it's what got me in the door at Wimbledon in the first place and getting in the door at Wimbledon is what got me in my CV. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Mm. You're still a good boy, Curtis. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to be. <laughs> you know, I really hope that everything works out and you, you get to um, start again this season with Derby County. It's been fascinating talking to you. Thank you so much for joining the Integral Chat. I'm going to watch you this season. I know you're going to smash it again. Hopefully it won't be your last. But you've got a broadcasting degree now as well. So you'll be you'll be doing what I do, probably more qualified than I am, to be honest. <laughs> well, you've got all the years of experience, Pete. Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> lots and lots and lots of years. Um, the future's so bright for you, Curtis. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks, Pete. Thank you very much.